Hello and welcome to Craggy Gems Podcast. Here I talk lifestyle. I have chronic illnesses, mindfulness and creativity. Yep, it's a big part of my life. You can expect humour and straight up conversation as I balance this thing called life. Coming at you from Southampton, UK, I'm Gem Swallow. This is Craggy Gems Podcast. Are you a small business that would like to get your voice out there? Why not become a patron for Quirky Gems Podcast? Choose the megaphone tier and you can have your name or business shouted out here as well as a mention on my social media. Check out Become a Patron on the website for more. Hi guys and welcome to a very special episode of Quirky Gems Podcast because you have tuned in to episode 100! How did this happen? We made it to 100 episodes! Thank you so much for being with me so far. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome, I'm Jem. If you're an avid listener, then you guys have been probably waiting for Friday's episode because I've been talking about it on both my Instagram and on my Twitter. I'm very excited and she's absolutely amazing. We've had a natter before going on air. And it's my absolute pleasure to introduce, okay? I hope she's not feeling any more pressure than she should be. (laughs) She's laughing, that's a good sign. Okay, welcome to episode 100, In Conversation with Tracy Bailey, content creator. Hiya, Tracy! Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I, I was actually saying to you before, I always get nervous before doing an interview as well, but I'm so excited for this one. It's gonna be amazing. How are you, are you okay? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just trying to keep the nerves under control. I've got a little cup of coffee and, uh, yeah, we'll be fine. It's going to be good. Oh, please tell me you've got biscuits there as well. Please tell me. Oh, we need some biscuits. No. <laughs> I'm having coffee. I'm already worrying about spilling that while I'm eating. Biscuits, I'm afraid. Sorry. Well, I did it for both of us. I just had a Snickers bar, so I went a bit naughty and went ahead and did that, you know. Yeah, so. the sugar. You do, don't you? I mean, you know, nerves require the sugar. Okay. It's got to be done. It does. It has, and it's also gloomy. Is it gloomy where you are today? Oh, yes, it is. I know. I was laughing the other day on Twitter when you were saying, oh, you know, the storm's coming. And I'm looking outside at a gorgeous sunshine with a washing <laughs> blowing on the... the Tracy put on her Twitter that, uh, both on her Twitter and on her Instagram, she's up north and she said that, you know, she's having great weather and I'm like, you cow, how come you get the great weather and we don't? <laughs> and then I was like, rub it in, why don't you, you know? <laughs> I back for the smugness, I really was, today is awful, like awful. <laughs> I'm in my bedroom, if I look behind me, out of my bedroom window, there's droplets. It's just yesterday. Did you actually hear the wind yesterday? Because I know you're further oh, up actually, north than I am. We, that only really started last night. And um, the way our house is, um, we're up in a dorm loft. So um, 
it was only when I come off to bed. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, this roof's probably not going to make it overnight, you know. Oh, God. So everybody putting out on, on Twitter and that saying how bad the weather was. And we must have been in a little pocket of, of sunshine because we didn't get any of But yeah, the wind today. Really I know. Bad, really bad. Last night I was sat in my armchair, right, and I was sharing that, you know, this episode was going to be recorded. And I don't know what it was, right? My armchair faces the living room window. And it sounded like someone was trying to push an airline or some sort of jet down the road. I was standing there, I was like, what in my, what in God's name is that? I was literally terrified to look out the living room window. That's how scared I was. You don't know what you're about to see when a storm happens. You really don't. Well, exactly, and I saw on Twitter, um, I think it was in Ireland actually, people driving down a motorway and a massive trampoline from someone's garden was in the middle of the motorway. Oh, wow. And somebody had recorded it as they went past going, yeah, and somebody's lost their trampoline for the That's garden. something go, you don't oh, see every I'm day. <laughs> Can you imagine that? In the middle of a motorway. You know, when you just think, oh, right, that, no, okay, it is bad. It is bad. It really is. We're, we're supposed to be getting snow, but I don't know if they're scaremongering or if it's actually going to happen. Yeah, we very. I don't want snow. Of London, we very rarely get it, um, and I'm always really jealous of the people that do. I know some people hate it, but I'm always really jealous of the people that get it. And my mum lives on Dartmoor um, in Devon, and it's so high there that even when no one's talking about snow, they get snow. So it's like really infuriating. Here. <laughs> it's sort of like you, we get scaremongered on the on the weather. It just never happens for us. It's always quite sad, in my eyes. Yeah, in your eyes. I can't share that optimism, Trace. I really can't. I don't want snow. I really don't want snow. Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. Do you see what I'm working with here, listeners? Do you see what I'm working with here? (laughs) Okay, so I have, like, this massive question. Okay, so... If you guys have just tuned in, then you probably just heard that we talk a lot on Instagram. And uh, me and Tracy actually got to know each other on Instagram. And she also knows my brother, Rob, as well. And, uh, yeah, i just kind of been fascinated by your journey. So I was kind of curious as to how... Hold on, I've got a question written down. I was trying to wing it there. Just didn't go well for me. What was the question? It would have if I got my pad the right way up, wouldn't it? It really would. Okay. <laughs> So let's ask the question, what was your life like before your chronic illnesses emerged? Oh, I had a very, very different life. Um, so uh, before I got diagnosed, so primary school and looking to go into secondary, so therefore you sort of feel as though you were getting more time back to you because you wouldn't be restricted by the school runs. And um, I'd been doing all sorts of little jobs along the way just to bring money in, as, as, as we all do when we've got kids. Yeah. And I trained then as a driving instructor uh, because I wanted just to be self-employed. I wanted to work around my own times, and it was something that I wanted to build up. Um, so that as they get older, obviously I could um, maybe add more people to uh, my books that would drive from me, that sort of thing, expand the business. So um, I went through the training and I got qualified and I got set up my own, which is the hardest part because most times when you go through that sort of training, they want you to join a company. And I, I just wanted to be a single operator doing my own thing. 
and I did it and it was starting to build up and I loved it. I've got to say, I absolutely loved that job. Was this actually and before then, social media when you pardon? did it? Was social media around when you did the driving lesson? Yeah, yes it was, but not as it is today. So I'm going back to uh, probably about 2007, eight, that sort of time. So um, Instagram was was not. Um, so it, I probably, as a business, I would have used Facebook, but it mm. wasn't something that I did to promote my business. I found that once you got established with that sort of business and you got your first pupils to go up and pass first time, they would automatically pass your name to friends, and because their friends then went to you, somebody else's friends would go to you, and I just felt that it snowballed in, in that way. So I didn't really use um, social media, media as people yeah. would now with the business. Um, so no, I, I was on Facebook personally. Other than that, I, I no, I didn't use it at all. So which is surprising because obviously where I've ended up now, that's, that's it's a complete change. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just loved that job. But for the last year of it, you know, you know what this illness is like, don't you? Yeah. Progressively, there was no big, um, you know, one day I woke up and it was there. It was a progressive thing. It was, you know, a list of ailments and you work through it and you just carry on and, you know, you keep paracetamol and ibuprofen and you keep going. And I think I just pushed through and pushed through and pushed through until, you know, family were saying to me, this isn't right. You know, I mm. had permanent headache like permanent headache i was having migraines and all that sort of thing what do you think and, you know, was causing it it's not right you need to go and get checked out and i wasn't really one for running to the doctor anyway i never have been yeah um and i was just really lucky when i did go to the doctors that the doctor i happened to book in and see had previously had um a patient diagnosed with me oh wow and and, and so she, from the start, um, yeah, she was really good. Um, but I just didn't think that it would affect me as much as it did. And I just thought it would be like a short term thing and I would get back to work. And then as you, you know, we all know, it just doesn't go that way, does it? No, just for a little disclaimer, if any of my listeners aren't quite sure what ME is, it's also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. So it it does have, you know, like headaches and I know, I don't know about you, Tracy, but I also get the stiff necks even like now and it's like, oh, here it comes, the fatigue oh, monster, yeah. you know? That, well, that's what kept me up the other night, it, it, that, just the neck pain, people just, just don't realise, you can't, it's not a case of just lying down and taking the pressure off, it's yeah. just constantly there, isn't it? Yeah. No matter what you do. So, do you think it was, because uh, I call it CFS, but do you think it was the ME that was triggering the migraines, or were you diagnosed with migraines before that, or? I'd had migraines before, only during pregnancy. Oh, wow, so, okay, so it's kind um, of hormonal. So, obviously, mine is like a, it must be a hormonal yeah. type of thing, um, and the, the problem I have is, is with the uh, ME and the fibro, is quite often I'll get a headache that doesn't go away and I don't recognize it as a migraine mm. because uh, I just think oh it's just a headache it will go um, and it doesn't which is what happened the other night and I don't get the flashing uh, in my eyes all of the time 
and therefore you don't recognise it as a migraine and it's only the next day when you can't move your neck and you've been up all night and the pain and you know I don't know if you get I get pain down the side of my face and down into my shoulders yeah and then you go oh here we go yep I, I should have realised so um but what I was getting back then was the flashing in my eyes so um obviously I was able to recognise it as a as migraine um yeah and and they just got worse and i don't know if that's like a a stress factor you know when it's mm. all going on at the beginning and you don't know what it is and you've got one symptom then another symptom and then something else and uh, you know you're trying to work you're trying you know and you can't work on days and, yeah and i don't know if the migraines are just like a stress symptom for that for me i don't know um but i i know recently i've gone quite well without migraines i do take um a preventative mm. um so that's gone back some years now that i've been on them and they have worked fabulously uh up until about this year and then they've started to come back as a real factor a real symptom that's that's on the borderline and you're you're constantly worrying what if it happens you know if you've been out for the day or have to do something or you're working on the computer and think oh what if that happens because you know what it's like it writes your entire day off yeah we were actually talking about this recently weren't we i think i put up on instagram that i was having a bad migraine episode and it was lasting oh. for a good week or so and we were actually got we actually got talking about you know it's known as like aura the um the sensory you know the flashing lights and the yeah. heightens of smells we've all been there right and you were saying that for you you notice there's a pattern with your aura when you see like the sparkly lights in your field of vision you mentioned that there's like i think you said on the either the fifth or the twelfth then you realize that you're going to go into a migraine yeah as soon as i get um it's almost like, uh, you know when you go out in the bright sunshine and that, the sun just catches yeah. you and you get that little bit of blindness just yeah. for a split second. I will get that in my eyes so I might be watching telly or I might be doing something and suddenly I sort of blink a bit and go, on, oh, oh, that's gone a little bit. Yeah. And then I go, hang on a minute. Here we go. <laughs> It's like, oh no, it's coming, here we go. Oh, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it, is there? It's just a case of, of you know, taking whatever you take, because everybody is different, yeah. and getting yourself into a darkened place, or, you know, using a, the, you know, our lovely attractive eye patches, and <laughs> just, you know, huddling down, getting away from everybody, and just waiting for that to pass. For you, when you get the, uh, you know, when you get the, you know, the sparkling lights, the aura, does it actually stop your vision? Can you still see, or does it take like a, a lot of your vision it away? Increases. So it starts with a little flash. I know it's coming, mm -hmm. and then what happens is it works across my vision. So from this, from the outside in, and it it works itself into a C inverted C shape. Oh wow! And it so it's almost like um. Uh, I can't think of the, the shape that it would be called, but it's, a, a, it's an inverted C-shape and it's a sparkle, so it affects all of the vision. Yeah. And that literally starts from one side and goes right across in the middle uh, to the point that you can't see anything. Yeah. So you, yeah. You're, you're able to see, it doesn't go black, you're able to see, but you cannot focus on, 
on nothing you can't see anything clearly and that's when you start with the nausea because obviously your eyes are constantly trying to focus if your eyes are open you're constantly trying to focus without even thinking about it Mm. and that's why for me it's a case of uh you know covering my eyes uh getting into a darkened room covering my eyes keeping my eyes closed therefore i see the flashing but my eyes aren't trying to focus and uh, for me that's the quickest way to get that part of the migraine over quickly yeah because that only really lasts for about 20 minutes half an hour for me yeah and then and then afterwards you get the the um headache kicking in do you know it's weird it i've i've if you're um i think you're an avid listener of the podcast as well and i mentioned that we're in my own migraine journey that i get the flashing lights and how you described it is exactly the same for me i get a glimmer and it usually starts with like a black dot or just like a glimmer and it's usually when i'm talking to somebody i.e my mum because she sits in a weird place in the living room <laughs> so usually until it's just that flickering of light it, and yeah it flickers and then it kind of the next thing you know you're going into one but it's weird because as you just described my aura when i when the actual pain when the head pain comes in the aura actually goes it's just yes. the pain and the fatigue and i never actually realized that until you just mentioned it how weird yeah, is that but I know nothing will kick in until that aura has completely cleared. Wow. Until it's completely cleared because you just feel that intense pressure in your head afterwards. Yeah. It just increases and increases and increases, you know. But um, I never have them both at the same time. The aura first, but up until, I mean, the longest this lasted is about half an hour. Um, especially if that's caught me when I'm out. Oh, if yeah. I'm out and I have to go, right, I need to drive home. I need to get home quickly because obviously your vision will go. So yeah. I know that my time is limited. Um, and those are the times it would last longer because you are physically trying to focus. Um, either getting home, walking home or, or, or whatever, wherever you happen to be, it's that you're having to focus to get yourself home. If it happens when I'm home, I can instantly shut my eyes, instantly go and lie down, and I know that aura won't last long, but unfortunately you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah, you're putting up like a preventive, like a firewall, kind of to say, okay, got the glimmer, you are not giving me the pain, this is not happening, oh, type thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And they just come so out of the blue, don't they? They really that's, do, that's, yeah. They're so unpredictable. It's a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> it can be, you can be anywhere at any time, and that's, that's the type of thing that I would worry about if yeah. I'm having to be somewhere, or I'm out for the day, or I've made arrangements. That's the type of thing of, that would niggle in the back of my brain. What if that starts while, yeah. while I'm out? Because you're stuck going, yeah. You're you stuck. really are, yeah. You have to wait for it to actually pass, which kind of leads me on to my next question, and that is it. So we've clarified that you have um, ME, you have fibromyalgia, and you have migraine. So yeah. do they have like phases? They have like lengths that they last for. Like, do you have like a fibro flare that might last, say, two weeks, and a migraine might follow on to it, or how do they actually work for you? Are they, you know? Do you know what? I oh, the, the, it's probably quite bad to admit this, but I live in the boom and bust way, the type of way they tell you not to manage it. Uh, but that works for me. Yeah. So if I've got um, a busy few days where I've got things organised, where I know I'm going to have to be out of the house or whatever, um, I'm almost carrying on like it with an adrenaline because in the back of my head I go, uh, uh, oh, I just have to get to 
Friday. I just have to get yeah. to Friday, and then I can relax because I know I'm not going to be out of the house for three days. Yeah. Um, and I can manage to get through on that. And you know, I do use medication. I know not everybody does, but I do use medication. So I would use obviously medicate a little bit more to help keep me going. And then it's almost like an instant with me that say that I have to get to Friday and then I know Saturday, Sunday and Monday I don't have to be in work or see anybody. I can be in my pyjamas if I need to. There is no pressure. The minute I get home from whatever it is I've been doing, my body almost goes into like shutdown. So you kind of take that wall. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's exact, and mentally, it's almost like you're allowing it to happen. Yeah. Because the adrenaline has got you through what you need to get through for whatever has been going on, and then just mentally switch off because it's that relaxation where you go, oh, thank goodness for that. I, I, you know. You got over the hurdle. Yeah. You've done what needs to be done. It's fine. Yeah. And that's when it hits. Yeah, I was literally just saying to my other half this morning because much like we were just talking about, I had a bad night last night because of my shoulders and because of Storm Brendan. Oh, I've got so many words for him, it's not even funny. And <laughs> I was saying to my other half, I'm going to hit that wall. I can feel it coming. It's because of the fatigue. You can. It's like, you know, I mean, you have like all this excitement around something and then it's like you hit the wall and you're like okay i'm out for the count but it's okay i'm used to this That's this is exactly how it goes you switch off your body yeah switches off almost it's so weird isn't it when you've actually and, and hit and i can almost like you i can almost feel it coming I yeah have warning signs yeah that i know i'm pushing myself too hard and one of my warning signs that a crash is coming and it's coming soon is that i get numbness in my left hand so through oh, wow. my fingers will go numb and that pain will radiate up to my elbow you know when you hit your elbow everybody laughs at you yeah and then you've got that radiating pain that goes down your arm it's exactly like that and when i get that I I know it's imminent. I know it's coming, and it can last. Uh, it can last a day. It can last a couple of days. It, you know, it can be longer. It depends on what I've been doing and how far I've pushed myself. Really, you won't believe this. I get something very similar. My hands really? go cold and my nails go purple. That's my sign for it's coming. That's it's yes, weird. I know, isn't it? When you just described it, I was like, no way. I literally get something very similar. And, and you just, you're noticing it, you know it's there, you can't do anything about it. And it took me a long time to realise that that was a warning sign for me. Yeah. I just thought I had numbness in my hand and, and all stuff like that, that was fine. And then I was getting this pain up into my shoulder and I kept saying to my husband, it's like when you roll up your shoulder and obviously everybody stood around laughing at you and you're stood there going, oh my word, this is killing me. <laughs> I said, it's that feeling, it's really, and I can't do anything yeah. to, to get rid of that. It just, you know, you don't know whether to, fold, you know, tuck your arm in, have it out straight, put heat on it, whatever, nothing works. Isn't that weird? And then with that repeated and repeated and repeated again, I suddenly... You know, your brain sort of does the math and goes, oh, I'm getting this now. This is obviously quite a big warning sign for me. So, like you say, you see it and you feel it, but there's nothing you can do it's about like, it. It's like it's like a really fast train that you're on. You can't get off. You have to go with the train. It's yeah, it's yeah. Awful. so strange. It really is. 
So we talked about like where you are now, you know, with like fibromyalgia, with chronic fatigue syndrome and with migraine. But I want to know, with your journey, there has to have been bad bits, you know, where you've been in bed and you've been thinking, why is this happening? When, when you're actually having a bad day before you learn like, you know, the triggers and when you learn how to navigate it a bit more, did you ever have the days where you laid in bed and you think, I, I literally don't know what to do with this, you know, what has my life become, what do I do with this? I mean, I know when I'm having a bad time if I can't hold myself up long enough to go and make a cup of coffee. Mm. And I know people will, you know, people will probably be listening and rolling their eyes going, yeah, right. But you know it's it is true. that bad, That's yeah. the physicality of holding your body weight up. Something that normal people just don't even register. It's all yeah. subconscious with them. But we have to feel it. It's, it's I don't know why, but it's, that's my my sort of point of going right okay I need to give in this is bad yeah and then you you're lying there aren't you and you go is this it yeah yeah you really do is this it yeah what you know life's passing me by is it is this what I've got to look forward to and also for me I'm obviously a lot older than you so I'm turning 50 this year and I also have that thing of of you know where I'm getting older and you see all these people out doing fantastic things and, yeah. and just, you know, taking life by the reins and going out there and doing stuff. And in my head, I'm going, I'm getting older, so things are going to be harder anyway. Yeah. Is this what I have to look forward to? You know, at what point when you're stuck in bed as a... My fear is being stuck in bed is a permanent thing. Yeah. And I feel just awful for anybody that's in that position because mm. I know there are obviously varying degrees of, of fibro and ME and my heart goes out to anybody who is already in that position but that's my fear that's my fear of going is this it you know yeah that's one of my fears when it comes to migraine when I um when I hit 25 I'm now 32 but when I hit 25 um, my migraines came back with a vengeance. I don't know if it's because I was like the peak of youth, you know, 25, when most people yeah. kind of get married and stuff, you know. And um, I had migraine came into my life and it literally nearly sent me bedbound. And now kind of like eight years or so onwards and it's like, right, if I don't, if I can't go back to that, then I'm doing okay. It's in like the rear view mirror type thing. Like, okay, you're back there. I know what led you there, but I'm trying to find everything in my power not to go back there. You know, but exactly. you do still have exactly bad days. That. Yeah. You get that one worst moment and you go, no, I'm, I, I don't care what it is. I'm not going back to that point and I'm going to do everything I can yeah. not to be brought back to that point for any reason. I'm my own worst enemy in a way um, because I don't... I don't manage it the way they say you should manage it, you know? But everyone's um, got that own way, haven't they? Of my life is teething, yeah. and that's, there's things that have got me to that point of going, you know, saying yes to more and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and, I, I, you know, you just think to yourself, uh, it works for me, and I know it doesn't work for everybody, and I know what's coming when I've pushed myself. Yeah. But I know it's the coming for a reason. Does that make sense? If yeah. I had a good couple of days doing, say I have a couple of events coming up, 
and uh, they're all one day after another. I will panic myself before I'm thinking, how am I going to cope? It's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to be on the pay all the pain meds just to get through it. And then I'm going to have this massive crash. But actually, the massive crash is worth it. Yeah, cause because it's kind of like it teaches you a lesson. Yes yeah. To those things yeah. Because I want the memory of doing those, or exactly. I want the experience of doing those. So I will take the crash because I know that's part and parcel of it. Yeah. So I know not everybody can live in that way, but that works for me. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. It's like with uh, people that you know comment on the podcast, or even if they buy something from my Etsy shop, and I think. That's what life's about. Life's about, you know, spending time with your loved ones and trying to do what's in your availability to do so that when I do have the bad days, I kind of roll out of bed, put my middle finger up to the ceiling and saying, I'm doing this, you know. Exactly. <laughs> this yeah. is how it's happening. Your own terms, yeah, I exactly. Know but you're almost you're almost taking a little bit of control back. That sounds ridiculous to say when this illness is so uncontrollable yeah but for me it's a point of control it was my choice to do um those few days that were real concentrated you know uh full of energy because i had to be somewhere or do something or be out my choice i know what's coming but that was my choice to go yes i'm still doing that anyway so when i am lying on the sofa and not really able to do things and watching a film because that's all i can manage yeah I can enjoy that and go, right, well, like, I'm just taking time. I'm just going to enjoy this film. I'm going to snooze off if I need to snooze off. That's fine. Um, but that's my choice. And, and for me, that's just like, I have to have a little bit of control yeah. over it. But even if it's just a mental thing, because I know I don't have a lot of control over <laughs> none of us do. But mentally, you know, in your head, it's a way of getting you through. You go, no, 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 no. I have control of this. <laughs> You know, so if that's what works, that's what works. It's like a mindset, isn't it? It's, it's also like that good dessert. You know that you're going to feel bloated after having it. You know that it's going. You know you're going to worry about getting your jeans back on. But you're like, no, I am having it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, I'm going to have to bring this up, okay? Because I saw your Instagram post this morning before we record, you know, before we began recording. And yeah. you said that you were ex army. And I'm like, okay, I cannot let I'm, this I'm pass up. Ex RAF. I always say ex forces, and everybody automatically assumes it's army. No, 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 no. I was never that good to be in the army. <laughs> um, I was in the Air Force. So what did all the Air Force, oh, do you know what? It was always like a little dream of mine to become a pilot. I, oh, I've really? always been fascinated by that. But how was that journey for you? Like, how did you get into the RAF and what was it like for you? I went in at a really early age. So we lived in Belfast and I have an older brother. So he's about 15 months older than me. And he joined the, the Navy. And um, where we lived at the time, because we were from the Shanker Road, so anybody that knows that sort of area will know that you didn't tell anybody that you joined the forces and you weren't allowed back because it was a volatile area. Oh, wow. So, um, <laughs> so my parents did the best thing for us, as you know, that I think, and they upped and moved um, to Plymouth because obviously my uh, brother was in the Navy, so he was based at Plymouth. But I had also started my um, uh, 
Jordan procedure, if you want to call it that, my journey into that from Belfast. Um, so I'd done my uh, medicals and I'd done my interviews and I was just waiting on a place. When we moved, what I didn't realise is they only take a certain percentage of people. And when we moved and my address moved, I then come under another um, area and therefore I was able to get in a little bit quicker. So I joined at 18 and um, I did seven seven, eight, eight, almost eight years. I had to think about that then. Uh, <laughs> almost eight years, yeah. And um, loved it as, as uh, you know, at that age group, it's a brilliant, it, it's just a brilliant life at yeah. that age group. You're yeah. always out and about doing things. There's always things going on. I met my husband there. Um, uh, once you get married and settle down a bit it becomes kind of predictable you know so like you're both working on the same base so if anything goes on you know any scandal or any drama or anything like that you instantly go home and go oh you never guess what and you'll go yeah hard about that <laughs> um, you know because it's it's that enclosed yeah and that was the point that i thought oh hang on a minute um this isn't really what i what i want and we both made the decision then to to come out but we both did around eight years actually we both joined within about six months of each other so um, what did you do while she was there uh, anyway um yeah and and but you know as a single person at that age group when you're just getting freedom from your parents you're yeah. getting away from home you've been well looked after to be fair yes um yeah, it's a great life, and you have some great opportunities through it. That's that's the main thing. You get to do something. We we look back now, and we go, oh, did we actually, you know, did those things go on? And you <laughs> that was the fun side of it, you know. Did you actually fly anything, or what was your actual? No, I was uh, air traffic control. So oh, cool. In the control tower. Um, and doing that side of things, that was my job. So. Um, oh, that was yeah, really so I did cool. The other side of things. <laughs> oh, how amazing is that? Seriously, yeah, that's really I cool. Mean, people say that. I yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You look back and you go, yeah, it was great at the time, you know. But yeah. I don't, I don't look at it any different than being in a job anywhere else anybody else doing another job anywhere else close to home whatever I, I just didn't see it as being anything different until now you look back and you go oh yeah those were fantastic times yeah we did do some fun things you know yeah so your life now this is what i find fascinating but i do know that life does evolve doesn't it so oh god yes we talked about how <laughs> it has a habit of doing that don't it oh, <laughs> definitely. so you went from being you know having your own company and being a driving instructor before that uh -huh. you were in the raf how did you become a content creator i mean teach me your ways how did this happen <laughs> no, you know what I mean. It's it's not something I said. I sort of like sat down and worked out how I was gonna do. It is something that's just evolved for me. So it's not an overnight decision, and it's not an overnight thing to build up. It's a long process. So when I first was ill and I was off, um, and I'd given up my business, that was a really tough time because I had gone from being always someone's wife and someone's mum mm -hmm. to then having my own business and being seen independently 
and then that was stripped away from me because I was then going back to being someone's wife or someone's mum. Yeah. Um, and I, I struggled with that more than anything else, that identity. I struggled yeah. with that. Um, and it was my brother who said to me, um, you know, because no one, you know, you will know, anybody listening to this who has a chronic illness will know exactly what I'm talking about. No one gets it. No. No one around you gets it. Um, and until you talk to other people who are in the same uh, position or similar position, and you know, it, it's so difficult. It's it's so isolating. Mm. Um, and he said to me, my brother had said to me, you know, there's loads of blogs out there. I've been looking into it. You know, oh, there's lots of blogs people with what you've got, other things. And I've gone, oh yeah. Do you know what? I have been looking online, and that's where I first dabbled. Started reading stuff and commenting on other people's going oh yeah i know how that feels blah 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 and suddenly you start to think oh actually there's other people out here yeah you know there's a there's a whole other world out here and these people get it uh more so than actually the people close to you which is it, it, it's bizarre but that's just how it is and then i thought to myself i was reading looking at blogs and everybody at the time was writing it was mother and baby like mother and baby blogs and they were a huge thing. They were starting to become a huge thing. So I'm going right back to like 2009 here. Mm. And I thought, no one's writing about teenagers. No one. And I thought, <laughs> companies aren't writing about teenagers. Companies aren't promoting to teenagers. There was none of that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, I'll write about what it's like. I was on the brink of the teenage years. And I'll, I'll, I'll put, you know... Her, her is living with obviously the illness so the illness was always going to be part of it yeah and then obviously parenting team and that's where my first blog started and i was just writing it out to the wilderness i had no clue anybody was reading it but it made me feel better i was putting it down there and putting it out in my little corner of the web and if anybody read it that was an absolute bonus and i found just by being online and having the social media channels via the blog, an absolute turnaround point for me because I was now talking to people in all sorts of parts of the world um, about things that they experienced as, as parents of teenagers. So you felt that you weren't alone because believe you me, it is an absolute roller coaster. You know, you think having toddlers is bad enough but teenagers that is a whole different ball game so you felt a bit normal going oh it's not just my turn <laughs> <laughs> this is fine this is all going to be fine you know um and then my social media channel started to build a bit more and then suddenly i was starting to get emails from uh pr saying oh would you be interested in going to this event and it was aimed at boys so it was like guinness world records and stuff like that and then i started to get other things that was directed more towards just blo the blogging side of it where they wanted you to promote something and um it just sort of snowballed from there and then after a little while, you know, my boys got up in age and you go, it's not fair to put things that are happening now about them as young adults. As And I'm talking about when they, you know, my eldest turned like 17, maybe. And 
I sort of fell out of love with writing about that because I wasn't really enthused about writing about it because I felt as though I couldn't share yeah. some things because that's not fair on them. They're now no longer children. They're not. Yeah. You're 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 sharing more personal stuff, and obviously they go through that stage. They don't want the picture taken. So <laughs> you get the look. You get the look off of them as soon as your camera comes out. You know, okay. <laughs> I, I'll look in the other way and take a picture of something else. And um. But I kept the social media channels going, and uh, you know, I just, I just had this massive uh, connection of people who I would chat to on a daily basis um, over everything and anything. And then as I hurtled towards sort of like you know fifty, and there was this big sort of movement almost in the last couple of years where. People in their late forties and over fifties were being seen as invisible, and they were all starting to shout, "Going, hang on!" Especially yeah. to the media, "Hang on, you're missing a trick here. You have all these women, normal women, want to go out and do things. Our life's not over yet. You know, we shouldn't be told we're invisible." And that really hit chord with me at the time because I had, you know, you go through those periods when you go, "What am I doing?" Yeah. What's happening? I'm not really. I don't really know where I'm supposed to be going. I don't. Is this it? Just yeah. my everyday life. And it was my mum who said to me, "I'd gone out with a friend that I hadn't seen in a very long time, and you know, we'll put it mildly, we might have had a little bit much to drink, <laughs> and you know, that night probably wasn't as pleasant as it could have been." <laughs> and my mum said to me the next day, I was chatting to her on the phone, and I went, "Oh, mum." You know, she said, oh, how was your, your day out? We'd gone up, and I said, oh, I had a cracking time. It was great night, you know, but, but drank way too much. It was awful, Mum. <laughs> I said, I feel like death today. And she said to me, she said, Tracy, you'd have felt like death if you'd have sat on the sofa and watched telly. True. And I just sort of stood there and went, you're absolutely true. You're absolutely right. It is true. And she said to me, but now you've got, like, really good memories you're you're always going to remember that day you went up because we had a whatsapp group the next morning there's a group of us girls and we've come in, my friends have put in there i haven't heard from the irish one <laughs> like you know and all these girls coming back to me please tell us you're okay <laughs> yes you absolutely did kill me off okay. and you know you have those things to look back on and that's what changed that's the moment it changed and I thought, hang on a minute, I can, I need to focus properly and I need to not let the months pass by, the years pass by. I need to focus on what I can do from home as a proper living type thing. I don't have to, you know, I'm lucky enough not to be pressured, be under pressure to earn lots. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing because um, as a writer online, you know, it's a, it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had a direction to head in and that's when I started the new blog thinking, right, it's just going to be me, my age group, saying yes to more, being open to opportunities and seeing where it takes me. And blow me if it hasn't been a an absolute roller coaster last year you know yeah. so it's it, it's not a conscious decision you go this is what i'm going to do do you know what i'm going to be a content creator and i'm i'm here come and employ me 
It yeah. just doesn't work like that. You know it from being a podcaster and trying to build it up. Yeah. It it's it's slow rolling. And, and it's it hard work. Comes from the connections you make yeah. online, the connections you make in life, and one little thing could lead to another little thing that leads to another little thing. And that's how it's been for me last year, definitely, to the point where I go and now self employed as a blogger content creator, online writer, however you want to describe it, but that's not what I do. And and it works perfectly. It works perfectly with our illness. These things, like being a podcaster for you, must work perfectly with being at home, you know? Yeah, it does, yeah. That, being able to do something, certainly something that you enjoy, and you don't know where it's going to take you. And plus, I love to matter on, so it works great for that as well. <laughs> well I just had to put that out there, you know. <laughs> One thing I did want to ask you is that we, I think we've all been there, like, depending on what your age group, if you're of, like, working age, you know, between the age of, say, you know, 30, well, 18 to, say, 65, that's usually, like, the retirement age if yeah. you're lucky. Have you ever had, like, a bad period of health and thought, I am really worried about how I'm going to bring money in. Have you ever kind of had yes. that thought? Yes. Yeah. When I give up my business, because it was really starting to just take off, and we'd all, my, my, you know, my husband has a decent job, but we live on the outskirts of London, so it's uh, expensive. We've got two boys. We've only really ever had that one wage coming in. Yeah. So we've never been, you know, like our friends who can afford to go on holiday and go out and eat, uh, you know, in restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and I had then just started to build this business up and we started to have extra funds. I was able to save to, to do fun things in the summer when the boys were off. Um, you know, we starting to think, oh, great, we'll be able to get to go on holiday, start taking them places and all stuff like that. And obviously then it went and we were back in that position of having the one wage coming in, uh, which we were lucky enough to have. Mm. And, but the, as, as your kids get older and into secondary school, everything becomes more expensive. When you go out to do something, it's an expensive day out. They need stuff for school. It's expensive. You know, my kids have never done the school holiday, the school um, trips because mm. we could never afford it. And that's one of the things that started me thinking, how on earth can I do something from home that's going to fit around how unpredictable the illness is? Yeah. And I'll tell you what I started to do was I started to look at um, people who write about getting out of debt. So we're lucky we're not in debt i don't have credit card debt we have a mortgage that's probably our biggest debt that we have yeah but these people who have been in huge credit card debt and who are getting out of it within three and four years are absolute gems of information of how to earn small amounts of money from home that anybody could do it and i came across these on twitter mainly and I started to follow them. Then I started to look at what they were um, writing about. And I, one of the things I started to do was online surveys. And you earn an absolute pittance for doing them. Mm. But when you get that payout, 
psychologically in your head, you've done something good. Yeah. You, you're, you're, you're trying. You're trying the best you can to, to work with what you have. Exactly. Yeah. And to at least bring in something. And that opened my eyes to multiple streams of income from home. And that would have been selling, you know, instead of just chucking things out, selling something on eBay, mm-hmm. um, doing these surveys. And when I started recently looking sort of like the beginning of last year back into it again and looking through these websites, they, a lot of them said, if you can write people per R is a good one to be on. And I looked into it and I read up all about it. And again, it's not something you don't just join it and start earning money. It takes months and months to build up. And yeah. then, you know, if you can get a couple of jobs a month out of that, You're lucky. that's brilliant. And yeah. that's where I am. But it's not an overnight thing. So I would tell people that are home, stuck at home, and just feeling really useless, thinking, I can't physically do anything. Mm. I can't physically be somewhere at nine o'clock in the morning until five in the afternoon. You know, we can't do that. Our bodies don't allow us to do that. But just look outside of the box and look at these sorts of um, uh, people online who are incredibly inventive. And it's all about the little small income streams that all add up slowly. And then that becomes your work. That becomes what you do. That becomes how you structure your day. Um, even if you can only do an hour spread throughout the day, if you do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon, 15 minutes in the evening, however that works out, if then you earn, albeit pocket money, it really does a lot for you psychologically. And then these things always add on and add on. And it's, again, it gets you connected to people, it gets you talking to people online, and then you just don't know where these things take you. And that's where I've ended up. That's the slow route. That's, you know, nothing is ever an overnight um, success for anybody. Yeah. I don't, you know, I really do believe that. People just forget about the hard work that people put in. It's Um, a massive part of the journey, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, and it gives people something, you know, because... I may well be writing online, but those people online don't see that the fact that I'm sitting in my pajamas and I haven't been in the bath yet. Because <laughs> you know, I'm using my energy to do the bits that I need to do. Yeah. If I, certainly if I don't have to be anywhere that day or go anywhere that day, that's me. I psychologically I feel that I've been productive. Yeah. And that leads you on mentally to be able to do other things. And I think that's a big thing with having chronic illness. You're so isolated sometimes at home. You just need to feel that validation. Um, it's small smidgen yeah. of being productive and being useful. Yeah. It's weird because this this is something that I always say to my other half and I say why can't we have self-cleaning bodies? Look, literally, why can't we take a pill and just have like a self-cleaning oh, body? That is the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. One thing. Oh, I love that. I know, right? I'm always in the bath thinking, okay, so shave my legs or wash my hair. I'm gonna have to like, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, one of it's you is gonna win. Thing, it's I wouldn't give to be able to have that finger click. Oh man, don't! <laughs> you know, like, I'm 
I know! Money. If you can invent that, you're laughing. Oh my god, could you imagine if someone invented that? I mean, could you? <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, one thing that we have touched on, because I know that we met via Instagram, didn't we? And we yeah. kind of got our connection via Instagram. And one thing that we noticed is that, as I mentioned, like, you know, I'm in my 30s and you're slightly more mature. In, I'm trying to say this in a nicer way. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I wanted to kind of touch on was the fact that on Instagram, I mean, for me, I naturally, because, you know, I'm more of like an image kind of person, and I noticed that there's a massive community on both Instagram and on, and on Twitter. Have you noticed, though, for your age group, do you get a lot out of the community, you know, the chronic illness community, or do you find it's lacking more of a diverse age range? I think it is definitely lacking uh, a diverse age range, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why that is. I really don't know why that is. Um, but I love the fact that online you can talk to anybody. Yeah. And as long as you can connect them with something, so say it's the illness or the pain, um, it doesn't matter what age group that person is is from for me. That I, I, It doesn't matter. That that doesn't matter because you're sharing the same experience that there should be more of us at that top end <laughs> the more mature it is <laughs> um, you know that you should be shouting about it and saying our life isn't over thank you very much yeah you know yes we have our trying not to swear here yes we have our rubbish days and our rubbish times but we are more than that does that make sense? Yeah. We're yeah. more than just that illness. And so what I find is I've got little groups of um, people that I follow. So I've got a lot of people uh, with chronic illness and chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I love that you can just talk to these people like yourself on a daily basis and people will message you and go, oh, how are you today? You know, yeah. just out of the blue. I love it. Um, but I'm also loving following people who are turning 50 or just over 50 who, who are saying hang on a minute my life's not over and don't write me off and I think there's a big audience out there for that so if you can combine the two there must be loads of us there must yeah. be combine the two but I do think with if you've had a chronic illness certainly if you've had chronic pain for any length of time I think age plays a massive part because things do become more difficult as you get older. Yeah. Um, you know, so for me, I'm in that horrible um, perimenopause uh, sort of area, grey area at the moment. And for me, it's difficult to decipher what is ME fibro related and what is peri perimenopause related um, because there's a lot of crossover um, and I know that pain levels will go up um, in general um, through uh, perimenopause and menopause um, and so therefore I think is that why sometimes my pain levels are as bad as they are is, or yeah. is that just a factor of getting older and I just think there should be more of us out there at this age group shouting about it saying you know we've had it for years We've had a bad times, 
but we're making something of it. Don't write us off. Don't make us invisible. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's millions of us out there. So surely there must be that older age group of people. The same as me. There must be. The same as me. You have to deal with it every day. Who are also now hitting menopause, which brings a whole other element of stuff when you have chronic illness and chronic pain, believe mm. you me. Yeah. But where are we all? We should be now. So whether I think it's in the mindset of people as well. Um, and I think if you get bogged down, you know, heart, I don't know about you, but if you're on a lot of um, chronic illness um, groups, so um, there's a big um, fibro, UK fibro group, and if I was feeling okay that day and I would have a scroll through, I would come away and I would, that would, it would almost bring me down. And yeah. that's a horrible thing to say because these people are having a bad day or a bad time. But what I find with the bigger groups is that, that there's almost um, a hierarchy of I misery loves company. You. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know that sounds an awful thing to say, but, oh, I have it worse than you because yeah. I have this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I switched away from them, and I started to follow, uh, you know, people who were who looked on the brighter side of things, people who are more positive generally in life, people who are um, getting out there and doing stuff, and just switching slowly. It's Again, that's not an overnight thing. This is something you have to work at. But if my feed is full of fun, interesting people who still have their bad days and still show those, but actually show the other side of life as well, show that you can still be getting out there having fun, you can still be doing interesting things, you can still meet lots of interesting people, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's found in that little um, niche. I think it's what you fill your feed with will yeah. then transfer to you in a way um and i love the chronic illness community is just fabulous online we do you probably get it a lot where people will message you and say oh how are you diddling you know yeah. how's your day been oh i saw you had a migraine the other day hope it's all gone you know these people generally care but on the flip side they're also getting out there going oh look at this i'm outside it's a beautiful glorious day and i might have my lovely walk it might only be for 15 minutes because that's all they can manage but look at them they're getting out there and doing it and so i'm gravitating towards those sorts of people to yeah. try and change my own outlook because i don't want to get bogged down with that whole age thing and is it getting worse because I'm getting older and all of that? I, I don't want that to be a factor for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, you've hit the nail on quite a few heads there. I think that if you have chronic illness, because a lot of it kind of comes down to two things. A lot of it comes down to pain or fatigue or sometimes both. But I think yeah. that for a lot of the time, like you mentioned, your newsfeed, Sometimes going online, like I do it within the first hour of waking up, I go down my Instagram to see if anyone's listened to the podcast or if anyone's commented me or messaged me, you know, because it's just a part of what you do. But a lot of it is the content that you absorb and it's kind of, you could be via TV, radio, podcast, whatever you listen to, it kind of lays in your psyche and when you're having a bad day, 
it's like for example my not so, I wouldn't say my generation I'd say maybe like the younger generation but it's like on Instagram you know people are taking a snapshot of their day it's just a snapshot they're uploading it onto Instagram and saying this is my life you know hashtag living my best life when you get like maybe a little bit further along on your journey that you then think no it's a snapshot you've taken a picture that looks good that looks visually appealing and have put it up online just to make your feed look better it's kind of you know i think people use social media as well for different things but oh, absolutely. yeah <laughs> what do you what would you say use your social media for and which ones would you say i mean are you more of like an instagram woman are you more of a twitter girl are you more of a facebook chick come on spill the beans <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. They are my two favourites because you get, um, I, I, well, I just get the most interaction on there. I really don't concentrate on my, I mean, I've only really been starting to build up my blog Facebook really sort of like from the middle of last year. Yeah. Um, and even then it's been hit and miss with whether I post out there. So I have to look at that anyway. But my favourites are Instagram and Twitter because you get instant reactions from people. Yeah. People will answer you. People will have a conversation. People will message you, you know. And my feed is not full of those perfect Instagram pictures, yeah? My yeah. feed is more of the real-life snapshots. Um, and I love stories for that as well. I love stories because that stories come away from those perfectly curated, yeah. beautiful feeds. Stories are little snippets of people's lives when they just put it straight out there. I know I should use stories more, and I don't. I, I, I have to change like this, this year. I have to start <laughs> talking on stories more. But that is, that's something I have to overcome. Um, <laughs> you know, I may be doing something like this where I'm on a podcast to change that. I don't know. But... I just love those people that are happily sharing the good and the bad. You know, the photograph without the perfect um, front room. The, you know, the, the, they haven't got um, a magazine cover kitchen. You know, I gravitate towards those people naturally anyway. Um, so my feed is not. There's a bit of a best life, but then <laughs> it comes from people that I trust are having a good day that day. Yeah. Do, do, does that make sense? Yeah. I know they're out having a really great day because for two days previous they've been stuck indoors with with whatever's been going yeah. on, and I like that. I'm pleased for them that they are having a great day, but I don't follow lots of those really curated. Uh, feeds because I think that feeds the other part of the illness for us that isolation yeah, that, that yeah. we can't aspire to being out to these beautiful places or being afford to go on holiday or whatever it happens to be um, and that works only one way and that brings you down it feeds and comparison to, doesn't when it already, when your life is already yeah. isolated enough you need to look at the other side, what brings you out of that. Yeah. And you need to fill your feed with those sorts of people. People who will chat to you, people who are normal, people who have normal lives. They don't have designer clothes and are eat, eat, 
eating out in the fancy restaurants, um, you know, every day of the week. And I just find with those accounts anyway, those people, it's almost like they're proving they, they're living their best life. People don't need to prove exactly. they're living their best life. Because yeah. if somebody is happy doing a normal mundane thing, I would believe that more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Stop uh, advertising it, because if you were doing it, you wouldn't be showing it. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And I would trust, so if that person then was telling me about something... I would trust that person more because I know there's no ulterior motive. They're just sharing something that's good. It yeah. could be a film, it could be a podcast, it could be whatever, or a product. And I would believe them because they are, they appear as normal people. They show every, all the sides of life, not just the, the picture of when they have makeup or yeah. all of that sort of yeah. thing. I, I, but I do think it filters through. You're right. If you, you know, all of us on social media, you're getting up in the morning, you're having your cup of tea or coffee, and you're scrolling. Yeah. Uh, especially when you have an account that you work online for anyway. So you're naturally scrolling. And it can make, it can filter your day down one road or another, can't it? Yeah, yeah, it can. I don't think, you know, I don't think people realise how strong that is. It can really set your day up to a good start or a bad start, yeah. depending on how you are that day, how you're feeling. If it's a day that you're stuck indoors, a day that you're not able to have the energy to do anything or get in the bath and you know you're going to be stuck just in your pyjamas that day and you're looking through these fabulous feats of everybody doing everything it's not going to be good for your mental it health it really isn't so no. fill it with people that you talk to fill it with people that you have a connection with fill it with people who enjoy the same things that you enjoy and therefore when you are scrolling through it will naturally take your day in down a different road and the better road and a more positive road and a more productive road, even if it only means that you get bathed and dressed that day. If yeah. that's the most productive you are able to be then that's enough. Pain or your illness, that's still a good thing. Yeah. You need that effort to do it. So, you know, it's it's about what you see. You're right, you take in so much offline and people can be, you know, it can be a really depressing place if you're not looking in the right places. I think also, I think it does come down to age as well. I mean, I know on this podcast I've got a diverse age range from, I think it's 18 all the way up to maybe 60s. And to me, that's great because it means that I feel like I'm able to just say how it is, you know. And I think that online specifically, when it comes to branding, I think that people aim for the, like, the younger spectrum because they're, like, more money and, like, they're more interested in, like, I don't know, pop culture and stuff like that but I actually yeah, think yeah. that when it comes to lifestyle we are literally all the same and like as we talked about in this you know in this episode it comes down to if you have chronic illness you want to see it's like me when I hear about my listeners maybe trying out volunteering or trying out people per hour all these different things I'm like yes tell me about that because to me that's more real than some you know, sugar-coated shot of a, a flat lay where someone's just wanting to show a watch or an up-to-date Absolutely. camera. You know, it's you want to hear about the nitty-gritty, you know. It's like, 
for me, I live with my mum. She's um, 50, I'm trying to think. I'm going to get so, honestly, she's so going to have a go at me for this, but she's heading towards her don't 60th really, year. Don't kill anybody. I won't. Sorry, mum. I'm not going to do that to you, okay? So, <laughs> my mum has arthritis, and for me, I was raised by my mum, so I don't really see kind of age. I see experience, because for me, it's like, if you're going through life, we all share experience. We just happen to be maybe born in a different decade or a different time but I think yeah. with social media that is one thing that can be isolating but I do think it comes down to mindset what is it you hope to achieve from social media do you want to be inspired do you want to feel connected or do you want to be sold something that's what I find kind of fascinating about it how about you yeah definitely there is that element to it and like i say i fill my feed with people who are interested in the same things as me yeah um so that you can have that connection and stuff um i i would yeah i would not be interested in someone selling me something um who has however many followers and just post out that one type of picture yeah. because that doesn't appeal to me in my lifestyle my life is not like that so but there are millions of people young girls especially that that is what they they like to see so there is an audience for everything yeah but i do think that like you say it's not an age it's experience yeah. isn't it it's a yeah. good way to look at it is experience and really with branding and um you know, working with brands and stuff like that online, I think they're starting to look at people of my age group that's still not there yet. It, definitely not. But I think there's a few people I follow online who are making big noise about it and saying, like you, you said, it's not an age thing, it's an experience. Plus, yeah. we're out the other side of... Um, children and all of that so if yeah. you have children uh your life is one you know a certain way because it is literally it's 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 all about the kids it's all about the kids now yeah. my boys are 21 and 19 now one's at uni uh and the other one uh they both will essentially live at home mm. but they're independent you know they'll say oh i'm out to the pub tonight or i'm doing this tonight or i'm going out here or i'm doing that and that's great you know yeah so i haven't got to think of a school run time being back in time after school clubs uh dinners you know yeah. sometimes they go no i'm out with my mates tonight and we're gonna grab you know whatever it is when we're out and therefore it's just me and my husband to eat so life is different but equally it's different in a good way because we're now in that position to go well we can go and do what we want you know i, I we can say to them oh we're going off to see this film are you interested no oh, okay and me and my husband will go yeah i can leave them at home they're, they're adults they're they're maybe going out with their mates or my youngest is could be at work or whatever and i think brands need to cotton on to that and go there is you know we're out the other side we have free time and we're starting to go to do things and have experiences that we want to do that we've put off for years because we've always gone to the places that are going to entertain the kids yeah and so there is a massive market for that and i think the brands just need to cotton on a bit more and look at the feeds not go for the numbers go for the feed go for what that person is is portraying go for what that person is relaying online and what they do 
rather than just look at the numbers and the curated pictures. And I think we'll get there eventually, but I think it's going to take a long time, you know. But there is now an audience for it. There are people, you know, I see it on Twitter every day, people shouting out, any really good over 50s um, accounts that you would recommend and stuff like that, you know. And people are now actively looking because, you know, it's like years ago. I remember when I was like, you know, I don't know, back in Belfast, say, growing up at 15, if my granny was 50, she would have looked an old lady 50 with a headscarf and a little shopping bag, you know? <laughs> 50 is not like that anymore. No. <laughs> you know, people used to laugh and go, 40's the new 30 and 50's the new 40. But it is actually going that way. You have people who are starting a new business. You have people who are leaving their long-term partners and going out and doing what they want to do. You have people starting to travel the world. You've got people just going, you know, I'm physically able and I'm able to do these and I want to absorb as much as possible now because do become aware that your time is limited for yeah. me certainly i've got an issue with that age because my dad passed away when he was 56 so i, I you know it's again that's those experiences that change you isn't it, it really so is, if people yeah. haven't ever experienced close family bereavement they won't think the way that i i do yeah because that experience has, has changed me and made yeah. me look at things in that respect so yeah I think that experiences are very underrated. I think you're right. Don't look at the age. Look at the experiences that they've had, that have shaped them, that they're looking to have and enjoy and go for that instead. Because it makes for a much more interesting world, doesn't it? I, yeah. You know, I love people interested in different things. Do you think that people of a certain age do you think that the hindrance is that they're scared of going onto social media? Do you think that could be preventing them from doing things? Yeah, because there is that element of doubting yourself. Yeah. You know, as you get older, you know that you know you're told in magazines to look a certain way. You know, you're told on on TV and on social media now is horrendous for it. Yeah. You have to look a certain way. You have to fit in a certain box. And not just the the world is is so, you know the world is such a diverse place now, and nothing is out of anybody's reach. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And you know what makes the world go round is the fact that everybody's different. Yeah. So instead of trying to put people in a box and 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 you know targeting one area, one age group, or you know to sell things. Look at everybody. Look at look at other people. Just be a little bit more diverse with ages or ethnicity, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Just throw everybody into the mix, and it makes for a more interesting place. I think anyway. The people I've met online, people like yourself, and other people that do different things. We all do different things, don't we? We really do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about the people thing. you have a connection with online. Yeah. So you're a podcaster. But you also sell on Etsy, so you're very creative, aren't you? Thank so you. you <laughs> other people, what other people do. Yeah. And it makes you interested, so it might not be something that you personally think would be suitable for you, but you get that interest of how that works for the other person. And I think that's what's lacking at the moment, is, is for some reason, 
you know, the media try to put everybody in a little box, and if you're outside of the box, it's really hard to to get an an audience type thing. And yeah. I think with age, that uncertainty comes with that because you. You know, you think, oh, should I dress a certain way just because I'm turning 50 now? I'm like, I don't think so. You know, so, <laughs> you know it's things, even things like that. It's, you know, you feel, oh, could I wear a pair of ripped jeans? You know, <laughs> oh, I say. <laughs> but it's true. Ask anybody. That, 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 I, there would be hundreds of us that would go, oh, yeah. I've looked in the mirror and gone, no. <laughs> and you just have to look outside the box there's i just i think just because you're a certain age you shouldn't just be living a certain way what does your husband and your boys think of your job as a content creator they have no, well my boys probably understand it more than my uh husband my husband is um uh, just a normal average guy. He doesn't. He, even when he he has a Facebook account, <laughs> and when he was trying to wish a friend a happy birthday on there, he was asking me hard to do it. Oh. So, <laughs> he knows. He doesn't really get what I do in that respect. But obviously, my sons are online all the time, and that they're they're a bit more aware of it. Um. So yeah, it is funny because we are almost like complete opposites in that respect my husband is a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to social media i mean he had to go into bless him he had to go and do he, he's in the place but he does the community side of things and they were sent about two years ago on this course to use twitter okay yeah and you know when you go yeah, it's a net place of play. Somebody's coming to teach these people how to use Twitter. Now, not everybody, because obviously the younger ones are on there, are naturally on there, and naturally know what to do. Yeah. But obviously, because of the nature of the job, there's an element of what they can and can't share, and how how they're supposed to put things across. So I I get that side of things. But about two weeks later, we were out having lunch in a pub, and he said to me. I still really don't get, I mean, what am I supposed to be putting, they said to go on Twitter, but what am I supposed to be putting, <laughs> how do you do that again, and I'm sat in a pub teaching them again, how do you use Twitter, he still now just goes, oh no, I leave that to such, such, she'll do all of that, because she's always on there, he's just, it doesn't interest him, and he, so therefore he's a bit of a dinosaur, when he doesn't particularly, <laughs>
That's, it's so fascinating because how you described it, that's exactly what happens in my family. So over Christmas, we were taking pictures and Rob, my brother and my mum both don't like their pictures being taken. So I'm like, come on, you know, we have to document this day for years to come. So I'm getting the picture out. Rob's got longer arms than me. We're getting this picture out and it's like, you're not putting up on Instagram, are you? No, you know, I just have the picture for my own reference. on my Instagram I rarely share pictures of my family so I don't share pictures of my other half or my family because like you said that's personal you know it's something that you feel comfortable in doing but yeah when you said about your son you know it's kind of like yeah it's like no this this isn't going on Instagram I promise you that you know sarcastic like me and I say have you got my best side I mean come on work with me here Okay, I'm hoping that you've got a little bit of a story because I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. So, <laughs> do you have any funny stories of when you've had to go to like view a, a show or something and something really funny happened and you still laugh about it now? Do you have any of those stories that you could share? You know, I don't mind swearing, I don't mind se- you know sex talk or anything like that. You know, it's all good. Um, so it's a bl- what do you mean as a as a blogger as, as a going as a um as anything a, a content creator a blogger anything that's funny that's like you still I mean if you kind of went to review a show or something funny happened or even maybe you had like 
you know one of those things that happen in threes like before you go somewhere like maybe it peed it down or you got a little bit of mascara stuck somewhere or you didn't get your skirt out from your tights or something <laughs> like that something like that has anything oh, happened no, like that worst And that is that we've talked about age group. Do you find there's not a lot of men in the chronic illness community? There's not a lot of men that speak out. It is mainly female dominated. Oh, absolutely. It really is. And I, I don't think that's representative of, of how the chronic illness community is as a whole. I just think that's what we see online, that you yeah. see more women online talking about it. Um, and I don't know if that's because, um, you know, when you go online yourself, that's what you would see. Yeah. More accounts by women. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's because they're not out there. I think those people, those men are definitely out there. I think they just don't talk about it in the way that we would probably talk about it um, amongst ourselves as women. Because we, we, I think women just naturally chat anyway. Yeah. So when you have a connection with somebody, you're quite happy to, to chat about everything. But I think with, with men, I don't think they would put it out there online for people to see yeah um and i think that just comes from the fact that you know it, it's what everybody's trying to battle against now where where it should be easier for men to talk about mental health exactly, and, yeah. and everything that comes with it um well you know we all know that there's an that there's an element of uh mental health within the uh chronic illness community because we wouldn't be normal people if that didn't affect yeah. our mental health yeah um so I think the men are out there and it would be lovely. Actually, when I went to my pain management course, so that was back in uh, 2017, mm. there was one one man on our course um, and he'd been in a horrific car accident. Um, he, he, very, very lucky to be alive, this guy. Absolute gem of a bloke though. Um, we still have a WhatsApp group and he is he's brilliant. Um, but he was the only one. And when I went to speak last year, I was asked to go back as a lift experience um, yeah. volunteer to speak to the pain course that was starting. There was only one bloke on that as well. So I think it's probably harder for them to come forward and uh, maybe say that this is what they're uh, feeling or even admit that they've got um, chronic illness of any kind. So 
I don't know, is it that? Is it the fact that they're not coming forward? Or is it the fact that they've been diagnosed, but it's not something that they want to be out there shouting about? Yeah. I, I don't know, but there's a definite lack of... that. It would be, wouldn't it be nice, though, yeah. if there was more um, men out there like us talking about it and seeing it from their side? Because I always, in on my course, and even now with the, the guy that was on our course, I love to hear from his point of view. Yeah. You know, so when we're all talking about things, so he has pain for a different reason. He has pain because his body was completely smashed and, and he had like eight months of, yeah, I think he was in the hospital for about eight months and his whole body had to be like rebuilt and rehabilitated and stuff. And um, it was just always interesting to hear from his point of view. Um, even when he said, oh, when he does physio and he goes to the gym and I overdo it, we're all telling them off, you've done it again, haven't yeah. you? You've done it again. Yes, yes. So I don't know, is it something or maybe that they feel that they, that they have to carry on, that they have to say nothing? I don't know, but it would be wonderful, I think, if we had some online telling us it from their point of view. I would love that. Maybe another thing it could be is that with men, I think when they can't, you know, when they're on their devices, maybe they're more comfortable with talking to the specific people they know. Like maybe, like for women, you know, we like things that are well, stereotypically, we like things that are pretty, and we like chatting, and we can yab it on about things, and we're more open. But I think maybe with men, I know like the men in my life, maybe they're more interested in talking to the people around them and being. Like maybe keeping their world small, maybe that's how psychology, you know, they deal with things, you know? Yeah, it could be, it could be actually. Uh, and again, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to find out? Wouldn't it would it be, be wonderful to talk to somebody and find out just to see from their point of view? Because yeah. it is nice, isn't it, to hear from that, from their side? Because, you know, do they feel it more because they're seen as you know, the breadwinner and that if they can't work or they find it physically hard to work, you know, I would I would love that conversation. I would love I would be interested. You need to find somebody to come on your podcast. There you go. That's the thing, there's not many out there. I think that most oh. men also they I don't think that, as you know, as I mentioned, I think most men are happy to kind of go online and they can see the memes on social media and they can, they talk to specific people, but I think they're more interested in their family lives, maybe, they're yeah. more interested in life offline, and that's fine. I just kind of, I notice that it's more younger women and more women as a whole, really, you know, women talk about it more, but maybe that's how it works and operates, maybe women talk about it and men pick up and they kind of understand what women are putting out there maybe they get it from there like okay that's what I've got someone else is feeling it I don't have to yeah, yeah, you know I don't have to actually be involved exactly yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like observing kind of thing yeah probably that yeah. could be part of it definitely yeah. it's, it's a shame though because it would be lovely to um have that conversation and have it out there from their perspective um and i, I probably you know and a, a lot of it probably is like you say where they keep that 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 world's kind of small around them they've got yeah. their support network and that um but actually with with the whole movement of of men talking about mental health and stuff and coming out and saying things that could change within the next year or two that more more men start maybe talking about it um i mean even within the blogging world 
yeah a, you know a different definite difference in numbers isn't there yeah. from um parent blogs um which are written by women um and then obviously dad blogs um and then you get some fantastic uh successful ones mm. but you don't necessarily see them say being advertised on twitter as a constant thing yeah so there's a definite lack of numbers there and it's probably the same for this I think that when it comes to both male and female, I don't think we're that different. I think, I mean, much like ourselves, I mean, we talked about the fact that we're venturing out, but we are quite, for lack of a better word, homebodied like me. I spend a lot of time at home. I'm comfortable with my surroundings and the people that I talk to, and I'm able to kind of socialise through my podcast and also be validated now through my Etsy shop. So living the way that I live suits me, and what you just told me via this episode is the way you live suits you down to the ground maybe it's exactly the same thing for men maybe we're all very similar you know psychologically wise you know yeah you're probably right and when you look at it from that point of view you can see that that could be be what it is yeah you? it's it's um like we all do so with one part so say you have a hundred people with the one illness yeah it will all affect us in completely different ways exactly and we will all take say different medications or manage it in different ways some of us may um continue to work some of us don't yeah and and like you say with the men they would fit into some of those categories we're not that different but maybe the way we talk about it yeah and are open about it and maybe connect online about it is probably different than from a woman's point of view but probably just because like you say we're more chatty we're more we're more likely maybe to answer somebody on twitter and get involved in something that's caught your eye or yeah. leave a comment on someone's instagram i don't i don't know maybe we are just more inclined to do that um and those men are out there but they're just quite happy doing what doing they're doing thing, and yeah. that's how they manage it and they don't need that outside um you know connection yeah yeah so if we put it into another gear right now what's coming up for you in 2020 what are you excited about <clears throat> well excuse me um a few things uh really a few things oh um, come on share share I, share I, I, Go on, go for it. I'm getting excited for you. <laughs> um, so last year was all about um, registering as a business self-employed and starting the ball rolling. So getting myself out there, putting myself out more as a business um, thing rather than just a personal account. Um, and this year, so that is that has sort of snowballed slowly. Now, um, I would love um a couple of more um social media accounts to manage, and I'm making connections at the moment. I'm I'm really seeing like um a lack of support for local business in my area. Yeah, same here. I've only seen that through working with another social media client who brought me on board to do um. Uh, an independent judge at a, at a business awards last year. So that was a big thing for me because that was something completely different. And I realized I really enjoyed it. I met lots of people from lots of businesses. And you suddenly realize these people really have to work much harder than the big name brand companies to keep afloat. Yeah. And uh, they have to be a lot more inventive and it's really hard to get people to come to the high street. So this year I'm gonna look 
really concentrate locally on making connections with local businesses rather than trying to go for big brands. Do you know, I'm going to um, let you in on a little secret here, okay? So, you know, like on Instagram, when you talk to people and you see a glimpse of their life, I actually thought that where you were, I thought you had, like, tons of opportunities there, but you've literally just said sim you're very similar to where I live. I kind of find like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that, you know? Yeah, no, it is, it is like that. It is like that. Um, I've, I've, I've all, with my other blog, I had a lot, I was being invited to a lot of blogger um, events and stuff like that from bigger brands, but I was more established in that blog. My newer blog is obviously really new, so the uh, domain authority is really low at the moment. I have to work on that and, and start um, sorting out the SEO and that. Um, which again is one of my priorities this year. But in getting involved, this is all about the connections that you make with people online and offline. So you never know what job is going to lead you on to something else. And this is how my mind has built up. And so last year I, I had the opportunity to get involved in, in these local business awards as an independent judge. And, um, and that really opened my eyes. And through that, I've met a lot of businesses, uh, business owners through local networking with another social media client. She she's so good, this lady. She brings me to everything that she gets involved in as her business. She goes, oh, you'd love that. Come along. And, you know, which is brilliant because, you know, we've, we've sort of, um, on a friend basis, that, that's a great thing for her to do uh, for me. Um, but it is the same it's not easy and it, but it's through the connections even with doing the theater reviews that was through a connection i made last year with the lady and we clicked in person i loved what she did and those have continued because of her um and now this lady has her own theater pr company oh wow um that she's launched and you know messaged me the other day oh i've got this uh new one i'm i'm obviously doing the pr for let me know if you can make the press night you know if you want to come and review it it's about the connections and it'll take you in different ways and it goes back to that multiple streams of income yeah now, this is multiple streams of networking that will eventually bring you income so it's about that saying yes to more not writing something off just because you think oh well, that won't go nowhere or it's not a paid um project or whatever it's about putting yourself out there and getting yourself noticed by these people and then going on that journey to see where that takes you because right with writing you never know where that will take you yeah. Um, and so now I can do these reviews for London Fringe Theatre, like pub theatre reviews and stuff. It's great. It, you know, it's great. Um, so there's a lot more of that. But you know what I'm going to concentrate on this year is actually pitching out to people because that's something I'm not very good at. I'm not very good at constructing that email to make a pitch to a company to say, this is how we could work together, um, you know, this is what we could do, uh, working with the blogger, blah, 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 and waiting on that no response coming back. 
So I've restricted myself because you know you're going out of 10 pitches, none of them are going to come back and say no. And yeah. that's not very nice. But actually, you have to get past that because you're not going to be a fit for everybody. Yeah. But say you do 20 pitches and one person comes back, but yes, that then is a potential customer. And I need to look at doing that to expand that side of, of, of working, I think. Um, and whatever comes my way, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open. Which you know, is the best way um, to be, really, isn't it? it, it yeah. So things may come up, you know, those business things come up last year that I would, it wouldn't have been on my remit, wouldn't have even been in my thinking, but I get involved via a client, and, and therefore then those people uh, saw me in a different light, so they saw what I did, or I, did, I do uh, social media uh, management and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it's getting yourself out there. So I'm going to continue to say yes to any opportunities that come my way. And um, I'm going to see where it takes me, I think, because I'm just, it's all about the networking and it's all about the connections. And you never know what those little roads would take you down towards. And I think that's, it's just an exciting, it's an exciting field, you know? Yeah. So it's not bringing me in big bucks and I'm not booking my trip to the Bahamas next week. <laughs> but five years down the line i could be potentially earning a decent wage and happy about how my business is and happy about uh, you know how people perceive me as that uh, you know social media manager or whatever it happens to be you know um so yeah i'm, I'm going to be open i think does anxiety play a part in your life with this like when you look oh, towards the future yeah yeah you're talking my language you really are that's something that i'm learning to deal with recently you know, you know that anxiety before doing anything um and i'm learning that that's not just an age thing that yeah. is, i think it's the life that we we're all living now yeah um that it's more natural people do feel anxious about putting themselves out there people do feel anxious about um being seen in a certain way i know what tells me back over the last couple of years is people locally friends locally seeing me put out online so my so say that's probably what's kept me off facebook that to that degree is i have a separate blog facebook and i don't like that to cross over into my personal mm. facebook and that is purely down to people looking so either family friends people locally going who does she think she is jealousy and so i have to that's one thing i have to uh really work at anxiety wise because that stops you from doing so much it really does stop you from doing a lot of things so with regards to pitching out companies i've put that off because that anxiety of uh what should i be writing have i given them enough information i don't want to give them all the information because i want to get their interest are they going to say no are they going to look at my um stats and go she's like nobody you know because my numbers are not massive so you know are they gonna naturally look and go what no not interested you know who do you think you are yeah i have to get past that because no one just comes and knocks on your door and goes you know what you know what i think you'd be good at or you know would you want to work with me it it just doesn't it doesn't no and if you don't take a risk nothing will change 
Exactly. Yeah, my, my, and I'm saying that my boys, my, my husband and my boys, they roll their eyes every time I say it, but nothing changes if nothing changes. So it, it's not saying that that's going to disappear, that anxiety level is going to disappear, but I have to work past that because that is definitely stopping me from doing what other bloggers do naturally. You know, so even talking about doing talking stories online, you know, because I know that there's a few friends locally and stuff that follow me and that really <laughs> that really plays on the anxiety strength that one, you know um and up until now i haven't really done it and i know that has to change this year because people when you go on to people's accounts you like to hear them and see them and see how they are and see their personality yeah um because i think that helps you i just you click with people don't you and yeah therefore people talking on stories that helps and it also helps to grow your platform, you know, because people will naturally watch stories. So if you're chatting about something and they're interested, they'll listen. If they're not, they're going to swipe past. But that, that is what it is. But I do think if you speak to anybody, probably anybody that you have on your podcast, they will all say that anxiety plays um, a part, definitely, in, in holding them back or, or stopping them from doing things, definitely. I think what it comes... you? Do you? I mean... You just sound so confident on here and natural <laughs> on here. But, you know, so when you said to me, oh, don't worry, because I get nervous, I was like, really? I'll be honest, I'm kind of a cheater, really, because in my past experience, I've been a radio presenter, so I'm kind of used to talking behind the mic and having that little red light come on saying on air. And I've been in situations where I've had people come in and we're about to go live on air and they look like a deer caught in the headlights. And so as the presenter, it's my job to make people feel okay. And it's my job because I'm literally the captain of the ship. You know, it's my name on that podcast. And for me, I want to get the best out of the people that I'm talking to. And I want to get the best out of the listeners. You know, the listeners, if you're new here, if you're an avid listener, I go through it the mindset of if I don't feel comfortable with doing it, it's not going to get done yet. You know, and a lot of anxiety can play in outside forces. You know, I mean, we're migraine sufferers. We're built to worry about what the air pressure and the weather's going to do or whether the temperature drops a little bit. That's something that happens. But... For me, it's more about, with the podcast, I feel kind of comfortable because it's my job to let the person, the the guest, it's my job to let their story be heard in the, you know, it might help someone that, as we talked about on this episode, that are in bed with anxiety, with a migraine, thinking, I can't do this anymore. And I'm thinking they're the only one. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's my job to kind of, I kind of put like this thing on myself that I'm lucky that every week I put out a podcast episode. It's something that's in my routine. I, I talk about everything under the sun. There's nothing to boo. I think that's because of the way that I've been raised as well, because if you don't talk about something, it becomes scary. But I think a lot of the time we have a mindset and we think we're trying to kind of understand the mindset like what you just talked about you know with anxiety and I'm of the mind that it comes down to how you feel if you don't feel comfortable with something you don't do it you might just have to come at it from a different way you know it'll still get done but you might have to come at it from a different way and I think that when you talk to different people like much like us we've never talked you know over the phone 
So oh, exactly. it's kind of you when you talk to someone and they say things that like, you know, like when we talked earlier on in the episode and we talked about migraine, you know, we both have aura, but I would never have seen it from your point of view if I hadn't have talked to you. So it's all about learning and sharing the experience. But yeah, that's that's basically like where I come from. You know, it's just when I tune in, when I record an episode and it goes out every Friday, I just hope that whether someone's new or an avid listener, they get something from it and think, I can do this, you know, or I feel inspired. I can I can push myself that little bit more, you know. That's what I hope Definitely, that people yeah, get yeah. from listening. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's there. I think it would be there for, for anybody doing any any job. I, I just think that it's almost become programmed into it. And it go, goes back to that where, you know it's okay if you fit into a certain little box yeah because we've been and programmed it's, to it's other people's perception it's yeah. your perception of other people of other people's perception yeah. of you is what yeah. stops you and what creates the anxiety and therefore stopping you from doing anything exactly and those people that you're worrying about probably don't give two hoots anyway yeah yeah you know but it's getting past that it's getting past that and then just getting yourself out there, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm. D- I, I think we wouldn't be normal people if we didn't say that we had it. Certainly from chronic illness wise, like you say, if you've got somewhere to be at a certain time or you're out for on a particular day and date for something, that is there regardless because you know you've got no idea how you're going to wake up and feel. You can exactly. make rest for two days before you go. You still don't know how you're going to wake up and feel. And with the migraines. It can be any time. Yeah. So there is a level of anxiety that is health-related, and it's always going to be there. Um, and then there's a level of anxiety um, with regards to doing things in your life. And I think they cross over because it comes from the chronic illness side of things. Yeah. And then it spreads into other things. And if we let it spread, your world will become extremely small. And therefore, what comes of that is your life becomes small, your things that you're able to do become smaller. And, you know, and for me, that is going back to the very start of the podcast. That's my fear. My fear is that my life will become so small, I will be stuck to my bed. And I just my heart goes out to anybody who is in that position. But that's the the one thing that keeps me going. The fear of that overrides any anxiety by just pushing yeah. forward. Even if it's small steps, like you said, what about this year? What plans do you have? I have no grand plans, but I'm just going to keep chipping away. Yeah. Chipping, chipping away at the business, trying to grow it, trying to get some more clients. Uh, keep chipping away at the writing online because that brings in regular um, money. It, it, it's all of that because you don't, you know, that, that just snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger as the years pass and you don't know five years down the line what you'll be looking at and I think so overriding that anxiety is because of the fear that I'm going to be caught in that extremely small world and then you might speak to somebody next week with the same conditions and they have a very different outlook you know I think that's what's interesting is we all we can have the same illness but have very different outlooks I think also when it comes to anxiety about other people, I think that where you have chronic illness and other people might not, I think 
in a way, we put them on a pedestal, even though they've done nothing to be put there. Because they're kind of, you're trying to understand psychologically, why are you different from what I am? Why does it take me like 10 times more work to do what comes naturally to you? But I think that's normal as well, because I'm of the mind that your loved ones should be put on a pedestal, because for the most part, they've been around you for as long as your time on this earth has been. Your friends, if they've shown you support and they've shown you back up, then great, that's that's amazing. But for outside sources, you know, if you can feel envy, that's just basically jealousy in disguise. And I'm of the mind that stop putting them on a pedestal because they've done nothing to be put there. If you focus on like where you want to go, I think it's all about mindset. You know, that's just where I come from. Yeah. Comparison is the total oh, yeah. joy. You yeah. just, you know, you can't go down that road. You can't allow yourself to go down that road because, again, that is something that will um, make your world small. So you have to just get past that. And also, it's like that visual thing. I don't, you know, for me, because I have like um, hypermobility as well, you know, where your joints hyperextend and, yeah. and they can dislocate. That's why I use. A walking stick because my do ankles yeah. are incredibly painful all of the time. I am never pain free from 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 my ankles at all, and it's like bone grating on bone because the cartilage yeah. is worn away over years. That's just that can't be fixed. That's just how it is. So I have the walking stick, and again, when I go somewhere new, especially with business related things and blog related things and events or even going up to do a theatre review, anything like that, I always have that fear that people see the stick and make a presumption. Yeah. And what I want is I want to be more than just the illness. The illness is a massive part of my life. The pain is a massive part of my life. But there's a lot more to my life than just that. And therefore, I don't want to, again, be put in that little box of they see the stick and immediately they have some form of, of presumption about you. Um, and I think with being online, because that's not visible online, people see you in a different light. Exactly. You know? So yeah. it's true. It, it, does, it does have an impact. And again, that's where my anxiety comes from. Those people's first impressions yeah you know i won't be able to look past the stick yeah <laughs> you know yeah. because I'm, I'm i'm that that it just helps me be on my feet for longer nothing else that is nothing else that just helps me be on my feet for longer stops me wobbling um because my ankles are really loose um and so therefore if i sat down for any length of time i go to get up it can be a excruciatingly painful can it can knock your balance that's the only reason i have the stick that's it that's it that does not impact on who i am what i know what i can talk about what i'm interested in it doesn't that has no impact on that but again it's that it comes down to that people's perceptions or your perception of other people perceptions of yeah you. Mm-hmm. and i went to um uh, an event last year, very, very early part of last year. It was like, I think it was called Confidence Lab. And it was t- just to do with, um, you know, that, you know, anxiety, getting yourself online, or, you know, people's perceptions of you, all stuff like that. And there was a guy there um, who had been 
he was ex-forces as well, had been in a horrific accident, lost one arm and, and most of his shoulder. So obviously he had a false half um, prosthetic on. Uh, so visually you see straight away that he's obviously been through some sort of trauma. This guy, I follow him online, he has just got the most brilliant mindset. You know, he ended up going off um, and being part of the Invictus Games as a cyclist. Wow. A cyclist, you know? And he blew me away by just how he was. And I spoke to him and I said, you know, obviously I've got the stick, blah, blah, blah. I said, I, and, you know, I, obviously when people look at you, there is a visual rep representation that you, your body's been through a trauma. Um, I said, whereas people just see the stick and they have no, no clue what it is but they see the stick as a form of disability. Mm. And he said that he, he then put into my head, that's your view of what you think somebody is thinking of you. Yeah. And that really turned it around for me. And a, a, a lady, um, Charlie O'Brien, her name is, she was running sort of like, um, uh, she was doing a talk there as well. And she came up to me afterwards, uh, actually singled me out afterwards. She said, I just wanted to come up and say to you, actually you know when we come in and there was lots going on i didn't even see stick but what i did notice was the fact that you had a different accent and when i listened i could tell it was an irish accent because i have irish in my family and at the time i, I was sort of like really embarrassed you know when you're like oh yeah okay yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah that's off, you know i actually probably thought god i shouldn't have bothered you know <laughs> Yeah. So it's like me being nervous coming on your podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it all comes down to your perception of what you think people are thinking of you. Yeah. It can create a little snowball of anxiety, and if you let it go too far, as I say, it just impeaches on what you allow yourself to do. And the only person that loses out if you stop doing things because of it is you. Because other people aren't losing out, only you're losing out. And... It's taken a while to come to that sort of view, but I, but I am getting there now. I am getting there, and this year that I'm just going to take that forward as well. So, speaking of that, where can people find you if they want to stalk you on social media and your website? If you want to stalk me on social media, <laughs> I am on Instagram and Twitter as just me being Mrs B, and um, that is also the name of the blog, just me being Mrs B you can find me there and yeah come and say hello i don't bite unless you touch my chocolate or my gin <laughs> and i will happily talk to anybody i love chatting to people online that's what i love to do um you know so yeah come and say hi come and give us a follow and come and say hi i won't bite you 
So I'm going to say something because I know that the other day you put on your Instagram picture when we were talking about this very episode and that it was going up on Friday and you said that you finally are going to pop your podcast cherry. So I'm going to put something to you, Tracy, and that is, how was it for you? <laughs> you know what? I, you, you know what? Oh, I could light a cigarette now and have just a little chillo. It was very... You're welcome. You really are. I'm just so glad that we could we could do this i really am it's been such a ball it really has and you've answered all my questions and you've been amazing it wasn't until when i asked you the question and i said how was it for you when i got your first part of the answer i then pressed stop and i thought oh no people don't know what's going to happen so i was kind of <laughs> so i got the first part but yeah tracy actually said that she listens to podcasts when she's getting ready and she's all over podcasts and she loves all different genres and um yeah so thank you so much for being a part of quirky gems podcast thank you for agreeing to come on thank you jim i've had an absolute blast and honestly whoever you have on next just you know you will make them feel at ease that is part and parcel of it you've made me feel at ease and i'm happy to chat so thank you very much thank you and for you guys oh excuse me oh i say so if you guys want to check into episode 101 can you believe that 101 it's absolutely mad it really is but if you <laughs> if you I want <laughs> I know. so if you want to check in on episode 101 we're gonna be actually talking about the very first time we had um, a glimpse of the illness that we've got is going to be called the memory. I'm going to be talking about my very first migraine. Tracy, if you want to share your very first migraine or fatigue, if you've got any pictures of that time, that would be great. And okay. let me know via social media and you will be told exactly where you can find me if you're new here. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you're an avid listener, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. But um, yeah, stay tuned and you will find out all the information that you need to get involved in episode 101. As ever, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, guys, take it easy and be safe. Want to find out more? Be sure to find me on Instagram and Twitter, both of them at GemsQuirky. Or to find out even more, check out the website, thequirkygem.wordpress.com.